0: Welcome to the UN and Organized Crime podcast series from the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organized Crime. As multilateralism itself comes under intense pressure and as transnational organized crime continues to succeed, expand and diversify, we'll analyze the UN responses to the issue with some of the world's leading experts as we try to unpack diplomatic discussions, policy developments and program implementation. In this episode, we're looking at the UN's attempts to make progress on preventing and countering cybercrime, and in particular, the newly launched negotiation process for illegal instruments on cybercrime. The Ad Hoc Committee's full name is the Ad Hoc Committee to elaborate a comprehensive international convention on countering the use of information and communications technologies for criminal purposes. This long and confusing name itself is a product of negotiations. And is an indicator of the lack of consensus among UN member states on the issues that they are discussing. The title has no mention of cybercrime, for example. UN member states have long been divided on the issue of whether a new legal instrument is even required, with Russia and other countries such as China, India, Brazil and South Africa long advocating for a new legal instrument. In opposition, Western countries and others who have already signed up to the Council of Europe Budapest Convention have been opposed to the concept of a new instrument. Following years of political impasse, the United Nations General Assembly passed a resolution in 2019 kicking off this process. Importantly, the resolution tabled by the Russian Federation did not reach consensus, so it had to be passed by a vote. COVID and other political disagreements held up the process further until the first meeting was finally held in New York from the 28th of February to the 11th of March earlier this year in the days following the beginning of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So member states started this already divisive negotiation in the context of a new and unpredictable deterioration of geopolitics. Despite the differences on substance and the context of geopolitical tensions, the committee adopted a roadmap to advance the negotiations. The committee has decided to aim for major decision-making in the beginning of its two-year negotiation process, including at its next session to be held at the end of May and beginning of June in Vienna. Major issues such as definitions of cybercrime, what types of crime to include and criminalise will be addressed, along with complex issues regarding data, human rights and privacy. Matthew Osborne was in the hot seat for the United Kingdom delegation for the first ad hoc committee meeting in New York earlier this year. He's an official at the Foreign and Commonwealth and Development Office Cyber Policy Department based in London. Matthew, welcome to the UN on Organised Crime podcast.
1: Thanks for having me in.
0: You're representing a country that was opposed to the concept of this new treaty process, so you're fully aware of the polarised and divisive nature of some of the issues that need to be addressed. And some of those hurdles that member states will face in the negotiation um, in order to achieve consensus were already apparent in that first session earlier this year. This was exacerbated due to the current geopolitical scenario. Can you give us your first impressions of how the first meeting unfolded?
1: So I think on balance. Our impressions of, of, of how the first meeting unfolded were, were relatively positive. I think that's partly as a result of, of coming in with, with quite modest expectations. As you mentioned in your introduction, this is a, a process which has already been running for a couple of years, and it's been a difficult one for a number of reasons, uh, not least the COVID pandemic. So we kind of came into the first meeting with relatively modest expectations, and I think that those were largely met. We were able to, to reach agreement uh, on a couple of important areas. The work plan, as you also mentioned, which kind of sets us up for the, the negotiations over the next couple of years. We know what we'll be discussing when, how we're going to develop the treaty, things like that. And then we also agreed on the, the structure of the new convention at the level of, of chapter headings. And that's important because obviously it gives us a, a skeleton to, to build the treaty from. So I think, you know, to taking everything into account, it was it was a good first session and it's laid some, some useful foundations for the coming sessions.
0: Thank you, Matthew. Um, can you just uh, briefly um, describe how the... The invasion of Ukraine, which had just begun a couple of days earlier, kind of impacted on the meeting. Were there statements? You know, we've seen in the in the media walkouts and uh, and other things with regard to UN meetings. How did that unfold in the first session?
1: You're absolutely right. It was, I think, you know, four or five days after the the invasion started that that we began the AHC meeting, and you know that obviously provided a grim backdrop to our work you know everybody was was very aware of, of what was going on we obviously as the uk have, have taken a very strong position with regard to russia's actions and we made our feelings known in our opening statement and in some of the other statements we made we made throughout the week as did a number of other countries so it definitely had a, had an impact in terms of the the atmosphere. In terms of the the substance, we took the view that this, whilst cyber incidents clearly are and and have been a part of the conflict, we see the treaty as a criminal justice measure. You know, the, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. You know, it's not in terms of the the substance. It's not you know something that we would directly be discussing in the course of the negotiations. Uh, although you know, we, we touch on, you know, obviously, cyber and sovereignty and human rights and things like that, this process isn't about state behavior in cyberspace in the way that some other UN processes are. And so, you know, we took the, the view that we were able to continue w- with this process, which is a, a multilateral process and, and one that's supported by a, a large number of states. You know, we would continue with the process. But I think, you know, from our perspective, it's very difficult to see Russia as a credible negotiating partner. You know, when we are discussing issues like sovereignty, human rights, you know, we we are attempting to negotiate a legally binding international instrument. So, you know, how can we do that with Russia in good faith when by its actions in Ukraine it's clearly demonstrating that it, it only abides by international agreements where when it feels that it's in its interest to do so? So, you know, I think Undoubtedly, you know, it had an impact and it will continue to have an impact, I think, on, on this
0: process. Thank you. And clearly, you know, the, the invasion and the, the political fallout will continue to shape all multilateral processes to some extent over the coming years. But you've laid out exactly how it, it affected the first meeting and, you know, what you're expecting for the future meetings. And, you know, it doesn't help with regard to the search for consensus on these issues. So despite all of this, you know, you mentioned that there were some areas of relative agreement in, in the first meeting. Could you kind of briefly spell out in a bit more detail what they were and, and what was agreed for the process moving forward? So
1: we we had specific agreement on those on those two products. Beyond that, we spent some time discussing the scope and objectives for the new treaty. The chair attempted to agree a kind of provisional document, setting out the scope and the objectives. But after several rounds of discussion, we weren't able to, to, to reach consensus on that. And, and, you know, there are various sticking points. But I think, I mean, I think it was still a useful exercise. You know, we were able to hear from different states and, and stakeholders as well and to get a, a better sense of where people's priorities lie, and, and where we might be able to, to find common ground, and also where it's going to be more difficult to do so. In terms of those areas where it does seem easier, shall we say, to find common ground? I think you know that there's there was a lot of agreement around the scale of the challenge we're facing, the need to do more. I know that some stakeholders don't see the need necessarily for a new treaty, but I think you know, most people agree that, that this is a growing problem, cybercrime, and we need to do more to deal with it. Beyond that, one of the biggest questions is around the offences. You know, what do we criminalise? And there are clearly a range of views there. But I think most states agree that there are a set of core cybercrimes that we can start with, the so-called cyber dependent crimes I think everybody agrees that those should form part of the the convention um, what 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 you add to that what we add to that I think that's as I said one of the areas that's going to be up for discussion there's a lot of agreement around capacity building the need for more capacity building the need for more international cooperation we agreed within the, the structure for the new treaty we agreed that there should be a chapter on prevention. So at the general level, at the kind of level of chapter headings, if you like, there is a good, a good deal of, of, of agreement that these should be the areas that we're looking at. But, you know, the devil's going to be in the detail. And when we get into the detail, I think that's when we'll start to see divergent views.
0: Okay. And what do you think will be the most pressing areas of disagreement in the next meeting, for example? I mean, do you think it will be around sovereignty, human rights? You know, what, what do you expect
1: so I, I think you're know, looking at the the areas that we're going to discuss in in the next meeting. I think we'll start with with criminalization and you know there like I say there's there's agreement that that we should at a minimum criminalize these what we call cyber cyber dependent crimes but then you know the question is where do we then draw the line? States are already submitting National position papers, those are on, on the, the, the UNODC website, and you can see on there the different approaches that states are taking. Some states, for example, the EU, have gone very, very narrow and, and you know only proposing that we criminalise a set of five cyber-dependent offences. Other states have gone much, much broader. If you look at the, the Russian Federation submission, there is a long, long list of offences in there. As the UK, our preference would be for a narrower convention. We think that that's more realistic. That's where we're more likely to be able to get the consensus that we're seeking. But we are open to, to looking at some cyber-enabled offences, such as, you know, online child sexual exploitation and abuse. We think that that is an area that most, if not all states, will agree, you know, we can do more on that we that we can include. So I think criminalisation, uh, definitely, uh, you know, that's going to be a difficult question to resolve. You mentioned human rights and sovereignty. When we were talking about the scope and objectives at the first session, you know, those were two of the areas that, that were regularly brought up many states including the uk and this is an area that that also many multi stakeholders raised uh, you know many of us would like to see strong human rights protections in this convention because it you know it has the potential to if if uh, drafted in a certain way you know to restrict human rights and we absolutely don't want to see that so so we're very keen for a uh, uh, for for strong human rights protections you know, other states argue that this isn't a human rights instrument, that, you know, we don't need necessarily such, such protections. So that's clearly going to be another area of discussion. And then on, on sovereignty, in the discussions, sometimes the two are linked. You know, human rights on the one hand, sovereignty on the other hand. I'm not sure that that's necessarily a helpful way forward. We know that some states want uh, references to sovereignty in the convention, we are not proposing that at this stage we, we don't see why it's necessary to the functioning of the of a convention but undoubtedly that's a, that's a, a you know a debate that we are that we're going to have to have
0: thank you matthew uh, clearly from everything you've explained you've got your work uh, cut out ahead of the next session which is at the end of may beginning of june um, and good luck to you and all the other Diplomats that will be attempting to make uh, make progress in that next meeting.
1: Thanks, Ian. I'm very, very much, uh, very much looking forward to it.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the UN Organized Crime Podcast, which was focused on the UN Cybercrime Treaty negotiations. From what we've heard, the issues are complex, and they reflect the complex nature of cybercrime. Understanding the criminal markets and social harms and impacts of cyber crimes will be key to building an effective treaty and civil society voices, including the voices of victims, will be vital. As a civil society produced podcast series, we hope that this podcast will bring this process to a wider audience and encourage debate and engagement between member states, civil society, private sector, academia and others. You can subscribe to the UN on Organized Crime on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast series you can find more information on globalinitiative.net